We welcome you to the 2v1 Sportscast with your starting lineup, Clint, Hauser, and Josh. It's showtime. What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the 2v1 Sportscast. Uh, I'm your host for this evening, Josh. I'm joined by my co-host, Clinton Hauser. Uh, guys, we've got a lot to talk about, as usual. Um, we'll kind of go over sort of the layout, what's going to ha- happen this evening. Um, we're going to talk about the NCAA, talk a little bit about M- uh, the baseball, uh, talk about the NBA, of course, and in the end, we'll go through our pickums as normal. Um I don't know about you guys, but I had a good weekend as far as my teams. I can even count today, this evening, with my Dodgers. I know they lost two in a row um, over the weekend, but glad they picked up the win. But I don't know about you guys, but I had a good weekend about my teams. <laughs> but we'll dive into it, a sensitive subject for the both of you. Um, BYU, uh, their continued struggles going into the Baylor game. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, BYU, this is their second straight loss. They went to Waco, Texas this past weekend and played the Baylor Bears. Um, they started off pretty evenly, but then as time went on, Baylor just just put the beat down on BYU. Um, I mean, overall, I want to get your guys' thoughts on just the game overall and where do you think BYU would go from here? Clint, I'll start with you. I wasn't uh, watching the – I didn't watch much of this game at all, actually. Josh and I were golfing when it first started, so we were just kind of watching the score there. But it wasn't the greatest game, obviously, for BYU. Uh, they did finally score more than 10 points in the second half. They scored 17, so that's a plus. Uh, but they only scored 24 overall, so they only scored 7 in the first half. Um, Jaron Hall looked great still. I mean, you went 22 of 31. 342 yards through that one touchdown, had the 64-yard, 60, 65-yard touchdown run on fourth and one in the third quarter that looked that made it 17-14. to 14. That was the one play I actually did pull up and while I was watching it live when it happened, and I thought maybe, you know, BYU's got some, got some juice now, but it just it never came. And Baylor kind of said, welcome to the Big 12 to BYU, you know, a couple years early. It was like, it's going to be tough in the Big 12. This is, it's not going to be, you're not going to roll over teams in the Big 12. So, BYU has some work to do. They, you know, they're not the team that everyone, you know, thought they were, but they're also not that, they're not horrible. Like, I've seen a lot of BYU fans this week just saying how bad BYU is and how it sucks that they, they aren't any good and all this stuff. And I'm like, we're five and two. Like that's a pretty good record. And I think any of us would have took that record at this point in the season. So they've got a, you know, big game coming up, up at Washington state Cougars versus Cougars. They've, you know, lost two in a row and they've just got to go and, you know, prove that they're still good. You know, it's not, it's not the end of the world, you know. I still believe BYU can can win out the rest of the season, and maybe maybe they have one more loss in there. But you know, we just need one more win to get bowl eligible and play in the independent Independence Bowl. So I th- I think 
it was a rough loss, but I think the Boise State loss was more rough because I kind of saw this as one that could they could lose on the schedule the whole time. So, but that's my take on it. Yeah, I mean, just like looking and looking at the stats of this last game, you can't win a game if the other team's rushing for three hundred three yards and you rush for sixty seven. Like that's just you're not gonna win many games if any at all with that. Um, it kind of just shows that BYU's defense is really missing uh, Ely in the middle. Um, we've been struggling with the run in the past few games, and that's kind of what's been hurting us. Um, also, props to Baylor. Um, they had no penalties that whole game, which is amazing playing by any team. If you can go with no penalties, you're pretty you're pretty set to be winning a game. Um, I really think Baylor just outplayed BYU, and yeah, it sucks to, you know, for BYU, but I don't think they're a terrible team. I just think they just need to recover from these two losses and continue forward and finish off the season. Um, hopefully they can win the next five, which is the rest of the season, and go into a bowl game with a win and continue growing because hopefully Jaron Hall's back next year and we have our receivers. And now that we're in the big 12, we get some more uh, recruits. So we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully they can beat Washington state. Yeah. Hopefully that, I mean, Washington state's won three games in a row. So they're, they're on a, they're on a high and stuff. So be right. But they can't just go overlook Washington state. But I think I agree with you, Hauser. They need to just go finish the season out strong, and hopefully Jaron Hall comes back because they have a heck of a schedule next year too. When their last year on Independence. Yeah, one I ca- mean, go ahead, Hauser. I'll let you I finish. Say one caveat with kind of like Washington State—they just had their head coach step down, so that might be a really good like kind of benefit for BYU going to that game because Washington State will have lost their head coach um, due to vaccine mandates, but that um, will probably be good for BYU. Yeah, I mean, one thing I'll say, and that could be, you know, a benefit moving forward in the future is just how bright the future is for BYU. I mean, that, that's when you even get the commentators even praising BYU for their players with Hall, um, Nakua, Romney. I mean, I mean, looking at the stat, Nakua, oh, like five catches for almost 200 yards. Like that's insane. That just goes to the talent that BYU has from here on out. I mean, yeah, the key is to bring back Hall, which I mean, I don't know what year he's to see a sophomore or junior. He's a sophomore. Yeah. And so, I mean, he has plenty of years left. Um, and then even with like, I mean, yeah, the big, the big takeaway is they're rushing. Uh, Algier only had 33 yards. All only rush for 25. I mean, that's just not going to cut it. Um, in order for BYU to be successful, we need to be both successful on the passing game and the running game. Um, and so, but I think BYU overall has a bright future ahead of them with their, um, with the unclassmen that they have. And so, um, yeah, I think they can win out the rest of their games. Um, and so they'll still be bowl eligible in my opinion. I mean, that'd be, 
that'd be hard to lose the rest of the games. I just don't see that happening. I mean, they're going to be they, be- they better win one more. I mean, I mean, if they Idaho don't, then that's the rest be- of them. Dang. <laughs> I mean, if they don't win the rest of the games, then that's just a problem. But just overall, they have, they have Idaho State. It's a guarantee. They're bowl eligible. Like, let's not get ahead of ourselves. And they're playing the Pac-12, so that's pretty guaranteed wins with some yeah. of those teams. Yeah, I mean, you beat Arizona State, you have USC, which, I mean, my youth ended up pummeling USC at home, so. Yeah, I mean, BYU still leads the Pac-12 South, technically, but in reality, Utah does, and so, because they're they're balling out right now. Yeah, I mean, that's a great transition to now talking about my youth. So, like I said, I had a good weekend. I was watching that game with Arizona State. I mean, I'll be honest, it... It was a tough pill to swallow the first half. Um, I mean, when you go down twenty-one and you're and you're seven um, in the second half, especially against Arizona State, um, I mean that's that's a tough hole to dig yourself out of. But I think what what propelled Utah to move forward was just I think the adjustments that they made in halftime. I think Kyle Whittingham does a phenomenal job at uh, for the most part helping their team with adjustments. Um, and they came out in the second half, and they just – they were a completely different team. Um, Rising just took them to a whole nother level. They brought them back um, and won that game. But on the other side, too, Arizona State just had constantly penalty after penalty. I, I think, if I'm right, I think they had over 100 yards of penalties worse. And, I mean, when you have that many penalties, it's just – you're not – it's going to be hard to win games because most of those penalties ended up helping Utah – get that continuing that momentum. Um, and because of that second half surge, I mean, now they're, they're leading the pack to all South. And when comparing to what Arizona state's doing, um, as far as their schedule goes, and then with Utah, uh, I mean, just overall Utah schedule in the pack 12 is probably the hardest to, to go ahead of. Uh, I mean, looking at the schedule ahead here, I mean, yeah, they're playing against Oregon State. Um, they'll play Oregon, of course, later on. Um, trying to pull up the rest of their schedule here. Um, so they got Oregon State next, home at UCLA, at Stanford, at Arizona, home at Oregon, home at Colorado. I mean, home at Colorado, I think it's going to be an easy win for them. At Arizona, it's going to be an easy win. Same with at home with UCLA. Um, Stanford, I mean, seeing what they did against Oregon, you know, you don't want to look over, overlook Stanford and I mean, same thing with Oregon, that's going to be their toughest matchup to hurdle over. Um, but I mean, if they keep playing the way they're playing, I mean, there's no doubt that they can win the Pac-12 South and play for the Pac-12 overall. Um, and so with rising at the helm and him stepping up. Um, has been a big help for Utah specifically after Brewing had left. Um, guys, your thoughts on that? All I got to say is last week when we were doing our picks, I had Arizona State, and then when we were doing them, I had an inkling that Utah was going to win, and that inkling was right. So I'm happy for that. And the only time I don't really like the Utes is when they're playing BYU, so... So good for them. Good for them. At least somebody in Utah, you know, did well. I mean, Utah State almost blew it to UNLV. So it was good to see 
Utah do well, especially at home. A win's a win. That's all I have to say for Utah State. A win's a win. Um, I actually had to go to bed. I fell asleep during the Utah-Arizona game because I was like, oh, AAC is going to win. They're warping Utah. Just yeah, shows that Hauser doesn't care about the Utah as much. No, not really. <laughs> and when it's like 11 past midnight, I mean, it's a good excuse to go to bed. I was say it started at like 11 p.m. for me here on the East Coast. So it was like 12.31 by the time it was in the halftime. So I was ready to go to bed. Um, I woke up to text and Josh, you know, doing the let's go crap. And I was like, what is he talking about? Then I saw Utah 1 and I was like, well, good for them, I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's good. I mean, glad Utah's figuring it out. I think that was a good emotional win as well, being at home after having um, kind of those teammates lost. And um, I don't know. Utah is good. Utah can still win the Pac-12 South, but you can't sleep on UCLA. You can't sleep on Stanford. You, like Utah still has a pretty tough schedule. And they think they need to take it one game at a time before they look forward to thinking they can just take on Oregon for the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, of course. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, you got to take it one game at a time. I mean, like I said, even though they're at home at UCLA, I mean, they're, they're no joke either. They're five and two. Um, I mean, it's, Playing at Stanford, I mean, look what happened when Oregon went to play at Stanford. <laughs> they got kicked out of the top four. Um, so we never want to overlook those teams. Um, and so, but, I mean, take it one game at a time. I think this game just helps build up the confidence for them to continue onward. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough road ahead. Um, could they certainly do it? Yeah, but you just got to take it one game at a time. Um Let's move on to um, just the top, the college football playoffs in general. I mean, one of the biggest stories coming out of this past weekend was Iowa. They ended up losing to who else but Purdue. Um, even at home, they lost to Purdue. That was a shocker to me. But, I mean, when you, when I look at the past, I mean, Iowa, every time they got, a, they got into the top four, they just somehow laid an egg. Um, and so – and so that shook up the, the college football playoffs uh, quite a bit. Um, looking at the top four now, we have Georgia at one, Cincinnati at two, Oklahoma at three, um, Alabama's back in it at four. Um, and so looking at the rest of the season, um, I'll let you guys take the floor here starting us off. Um, just looking from now until, you know, the last games of the regular season, I mean, who do you see ended up being in the college football playoffs as, as the way things stand? How's our start off with you? Well, I mean, I think our guarantees are going to be Georgia and right now Cincinnati. Um, I don't see Georgia losing a game the way they're playing right now. And Cincinnati better not lose a game to the teams they have. I think they have – they play one team that has a winning record, and it's – SMU. Yeah, SMU. On the twentieth of November, the rest are one and five, three and four. Well, there is a three and three East Carolina, but let's see how long that winning record lasts. 
I just I don't see them losing at all ever. Like they're playing Navy this Saturday in their favorite twenty seven and a half points. Um now three and four get tricky. I mean obviously Alabama's up there. But I don't I don't see Alabama beating Georgia in the championship. And a two loss Alabama I don't think gets in to the college playoffs. Shouldn't. They shouldn't get in. Um over a one loss team. I don't think Oklahoma's gonna last. I think they lose. I mean they're figuring it out with their backup quarterback, but I just don't see them beating, and I can see Oklahoma State maybe stepping up into that. Um, and then, obviously, the Big Ten. There's five is Ohio State, six is Michigan, seven is Penn State. Then you have Michigan State at nine, Iowa at 11. I mean, I don't think Iowa's completely out of the playoffs. Um, that they can go through and win the Big Ten. And then a few losses in between, because we know OSU has to play Michigan and Michigan State, Michigan and Penn State. So, like, they've already played, but the Big Ten's just got to play a bunch with each other. So I really see Georgia, Cincinnati, and then possibly a Big Ten. Well, a, a Big Ten team will make it, I, and then maybe a Pac-12, or not Pac-12, uh, Big 12, or another Big Ten. I don't see two SEC teams making it this year. Yeah, Hauser, I agree with a uh, few of the things you said with Georgia. Georgia looks great. I don't see them losing to who they have left. For sure. I mean, they have Florida up next, which Florida is just kind of tanked unless, you know, they come out of the out of nowhere and beat them. You know, then they got Missouri, Tennessee. They got an SDS school and then Georgia Tech and then most likely Alabama in the in the championship game. But if Georgia beats Alabama, I, I think Alabama's out. You know, like Hauser said, they're not getting in with two losses. Cincinnati once again should not lose, like Hauser said, with the rest of their games, even in the even in the championship their conference championship game. They shouldn't have a problem. So Cincinnati, as long as long as they don't lay an egg like a lot of teams do when they get to that point. Uh I think I agree with Hauser about the Big Ten, they just they have to play each other. <clears throat> I mean not this week, but next week, you know, you could have the undefeated, you know, Michigan against undefeated Michigan State, which is a huge game. Whoever wins that game, you know, is could launch into the top four, depending on how the rest of it plays out. Ohio State has to play Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, Purdue, who's now ranked after beating Iowa. Uh, I, I don't know about Iowa dropping to 11th after losing to Purdue. Um, they did lose pretty badly though, twenty four to seven. So, but there, then, the, then there's the team that uh, I my sleeper team to get in is Oklahoma State. Uh, they have Iowa State, Kansas, West Virginia, TCU, Tex, Tex, Texas Tech, which I don't see them unless they lay an egg on win any of those games, losing any of those games, and then they play Oklahoma. I can see them beating Oklahoma, 
winning the Big 12 and making it in if they do that. Um, they're, they're my sleeper team to get in. Uh, but besides that, I think, you know, you got Georgia, Cincinnati as the locks, and then, like Hauser said, maybe a Big 10 team. There's just They all have to play each other. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. Yeah, I mean, looking. I mean, all of you, all of you guys make great points. Um, I mean, I agree. Georgia and Cincinnati—they're a lock, in my opinion. Um, I just don't see Georgia. I mean, losing the rest of their games, and even in the, um, even in the SEC tournament when they play Alabama. I mean, I think Georgia um, can defeat Alabama in that case. Um, and so, those two are lock in. Um, with three and four, um, I mean, I agree. I think one of the big 10 teams is going to get in it, whether if it's Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, Iowa. It's just going to be a bloodbath. I look forward to it just because, like, since all those teams are just so close in the rankings, it's just going to be a fun matchup to see all those guys beat up each other. Um, if I had to pick one, Big Ten team that can make it out. Um, I would actually put my money on Ohio State. Um, they are a young team. They don't have the players that they used to, but I they're just still on a roll. They're going to have to go through. They have the hearts to go through. They have to go to Penn State, but they're at home. Um, they're going to have to play Michigan State, which they're at home. Their biggest matchup from that is going to be Michigan. Um, at at Ann Arbor. Um, but I think Ohio State can win that. Um, but it's a toss-up with any Big Ten team. I mean, if I had to, if looking at the teams, I if I had to pick a Big Ten team to make it, I can see Ohio State um, getting in there. Um, for the last spot, I mean, I can see both of your points, but um, I think it will be a Big 12 team, whether if it is Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. I think it's going to be one of those two. Um, with now Caleb Williams seems like he is going to be at the helm of quarterback. Um, as a recruiter, he's a five-star recruit. And so he's no snub. I mean, seeing what he's done, he can play ball. Um, he brought him back from Texas and he balled out last week. Um, I mean, he, he's a, he's a star and looking at Oklahoma schedule, they have Kansas easy win. Um, Texas tech, you don't want to oversleep Texas tech. You don't want to oversleep Baylor. Um, and so I think it's going to be either Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. That final game is going to be the determining factor on who gets in. Um, but overall, Georgia and Cincinnati, one Big Ten team, I think Ohio State can get in it. Um, and then a Big 12 team, either Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. I think those are going to be the four, in my opinion. I mean, I'm a big Ohio State fan um, living out here in Ohio, but, and since Urban Meyer. I just don't see Ohio State running the table. Their defense has been lacking, and and somehow they become really good defense of team. They can actually win, like, and then I see a chance. But without a defense, there's just no way. I don't see them going undefeated for the rest of the season, especially against the schedule they have. Um, I do say if. Michigan or um, Michigan State go on and make it to the championship and then lose to maybe Iowa, I could justify two Big Ten teams. 
in the playoffs, especially if Oklahoma or Oklahoma State have lost the game or two. But, I don't know. Hopefully, Alabama. I just don't want Alabama to make it. We should, we I just agree. Need I mean, Someone needs to roll the tide, you know. I mean, Texas yeah. A&M did it. They, I, that was a shocker to me when A&M beat Alabama. Um, but to add to your point, Hauser, I mean, if you get if you get quite a few of those teams in the Big Ten that just lose one game, um, I mean, you could make an argument. Um, a Pac-12 team can can make it in there. Um, I mean, Oregon, if they went out, I mean, heaven forbid, if they make it and they beat my Utes, if the Pac-12 South, if the Utes make it to the Pac-12 South, um, they can make an argument that Oregon can get into the final spot. I mean, Oregon still has a chance um, moving forward as well. But it's just going to be very interesting seeing the Big Ten, um, just overall, just how close they are together. Yeah, especially since there's, what, five of them in the top 11? Right now, like I think that's crazy, but then then most of them play each other, so you know that's going. They're going to find out. You know that's going to play itself out. And Michigan State's no joke too. I mean, they're they're pack a punch with their quarterback and running back duo, and that's a that's a scary offense right there with their running back and their quarterback. Um, but I think it'll be interesting overall. Yeah, I mean, maybe this is the year Michigan finally beats Ohio State. And you know how many years? <laughs> um, yeah, I, if I'm, if Michigan goes undefeated, then they're in. Yeah, yeah, or Michigan State goes undefeated, they're in. They have to be. Yeah, I think whoever I, goes undefeated, they're the any whoever is going to be undefeated in the Pac Ten or the not Pac Ten, the Big Ten, they're going to get in. Yeah, I'm going, going back to the Pac Ten, huh? Does that mean the Utes yeah. are going to follow BYU to the Big 12? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I, not I, just don't see the, I don't see anyone from the Pac-12 making it. I mean, no offense to the Pac-12, but really, you look at Oregon's schedule, yeah, they might run the table and go undefeated and win the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, they beat Ohio State, but if Ohio State loses one or two more games, it's not that great of a win. Like, Oregon, yeah, Pac-12 is okay. Like, who's the next best team? You know, Utah maybe with two losses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or three only, after that. But yeah, I mean, the only thing I see the Pac-12 getting in, whether if it's Oregon or Utah, um, it's going to come down to just the Big Ten just beating each other. Um, it it just happens to be where no one goes undefeated in the Big Ten. Um, then you can have a case where. Um, you have Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. I think in the end, it's going to be one of those two in the Big 12. I think in the end, I think a Big 12 is just going to get in it, whether if it's Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. Um, and if the Big 10 just beat up each other and um, they don't have an undefeated team in it, then they can make an argument for the Pac-12. Um, and so it'll just be interesting to see overall. Um, those transition now to... The MLB, we have um, October, of course. I mentioned it a few times on the on this podcast that October is one of my favorite months of the year for sports just because of the playoffs. Um, some big stories coming in. I mean, one of the big ones I want to talk about has to do with my team. Um, you guys had some, had some thoughts and opinions on what happened over the weekend when the Giants played the Dodgers in the Game 5. 
Um, I mean, I'll admit it too. Um, the Dodgers and the Giants had a classic matchup in the division round. Um, I mean, you have the two best teams in baseball, two of the best records going at each other, neck and neck. And then some people don't like this, um, where the game just ended on a controversial call, where the Giants did a check swing. Um, the umpire left it to the other official to check it off, and he checked as a, as a he went to hit it, and so they called a game. Dodgers end up winning that series. Um, I mean, I told you guys this. I mean, yeah, he didn't swing, but I'll take it. <laughs> Um, I, I I think either way, even if they hadn't called that, I mean, they were down, let's see, Giants were down two to one, unless they got a really good swing or whatever. There wasn't, you know, a lot of chance that anything was happening. There was no one on base, right? So, yeah, there wasn't anyone on base. So he would so have had to hit a home run, which, I mean, knowing the Giants and what they've done this past year, they could have done it. They had a magical season. I'll give them credit. They won a division. Um the first time in quite some time. Um, but yeah, I think overall, um, yeah, there was no one on base. They did a check swing. They said the umpire thought that he took a swing at it. Um, I texted some of my Dodger friends and they said, yeah, he, he didn't swing, but we'll take it. Um, and so that went him on to now the, the conference play. And so now we have the matchup of, we have the Red Sox and the Astros um, in the American League and in the National League, we have the Dodgers and um, the. I had a brain fart for a minute. He doesn't <laughs> even know who they're playing. The I was the like, I had a brain, had a brain he's, fart he's, for a minute. He's overlooking them so much that he's not even doesn't even know who they are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm giving the Braves credit. They won the two games, but history's just it seems like it's going to repeat itself. Last year when they when we met in the conference oh, with them, come on, two, two still first down two games, two, one. Braves won two, we won game three, same thing in this case. Um, but the Dodgers end up getting themselves out of the hole with this game. I mean, I was watching this before our podcast, and um, I mean, looking at the game, they were down five two going into the eighth inning. I was just like, they they got to pull off some miracle to pull this off. I had some slight of hope just because of who we had. On 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 bat, um, we had Chris Taylor, we had Bellinger, we had Mookie. Um, I was confident the way they've been playing that they can make something happen. And let alone Bellinger hits a home run, we tied up, and then Mookie hit a um, hit a few hit a few there, and then we ended up scoring another run. Um, but I think one of the big things that that was exciting, to, at least for me, to see was the Red Sox and. Lost track of how many grand slams they've hit now. Yeah, they hit two in in game. Let's see, game two, they hit two, one in the first inning and one in the second inning, which is crazy because it had never happened in postseason history where there was two grand slams and it came in the first and second inning. And then in game three, second inning, another one. So the Red Sox are are really hitting right now. They've got their bats going. Uh, looking at the score right now, they lead 2-1, bottom of the sixth in game four. So uh, I don't cheer for Boston teams. I think I've told you guys this before. Uh, but I don't like Houston. They're cheaters. I don't like them. So I don't want them to uh, – I was Josh and I were talking about this when we were golfing on Saturday. I was like, 
I don't like the Dodgers, but like I feel bad for them that that's how they had to to lose that series was to a team that ended up coming out that they cheated. You know, at the time I was cheering against them, but then looking back, I'm like, oh, I don't like Houston. So, uh, and actually, if I had to like a team in Boston, it would actually be the Red Sox because I've actually been to Fenway Park. Uh, I was there in 2013. Uh, we went toward Fenway Park the day after. I'm not even sure who it was, but someone hit a walk-off homer over the Green Monster uh, the night before we went there to make it to the World Series. So that was kind of cool. And so I've I've never been – I'm not a fan of the Red Sox, but I, I – it's cool that I've been there. So um, And I don't like Houston, so I'm cheering for the Red Sox. Uh, I want a Red Sox-Braves finals, World Series, whatever it's called. Brazen six. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is I've been sitting here letting you guys talk and Josh to you know, comment about your Dodgers uh coming back against the Braves. They're just lucky the the umps are on their side and doesn't call it a uh, check swing a strike because they got away with a few. Um we did talk about like the Giants losing on that check swing and Clint mentioned it. Um, just like my thought is if you're in game five or game seven and there's a check swing that close that you really don't know, as an ump, I just, you can't be the reason that someone wins or loses a game. Uh, game Let him five, play. Game seven. Let him play. Yeah, let him play. I mean, like I said, like he didn't swing at that. When I saw it happen, when he called it a strike, I was like, all right, whatever. I mean, I'll take it. But, but I mean, yeah, in a game like that, it's just like, I mean, feel bad for Giants fans that they had to witness that. As like with the with the season that they had, it's just that that is a dagger in the heart for them. Yeah, there's just there's like things that you you call and things you don't call at the end of a game, and we see that in Game Seven. You let the people play. You really see who is the better team, and you shouldn't be the the one determining who gets to be the better team. And I feel like that's what happened to the Giants. And I mean, the Dodgers played well and well-deserved wins. But I feel like at that last moment, Giants didn't get a chance to prove why they had the best record because they got called out on kind of a controversial call. But I, you know, been watching-ish the playoffs. I hope Boston wins. Same reason. Like Clint, Astros are cheaters, and that's probably the one thing that I hate worse than the most about any sport is a cheater. And then I like the Braves. I grew up liking Chipper Jones, Andrew Jones, like I said. So I hope the Braves don't let history repeat itself. And if they win the next game, if they can win the next game, I just don't see the Dodgers coming back again from a 3-1 deficit. I just don't see the Braves allowing that to happen. That will be a hard. That'll be a hard hurdle to jump for sure. Because I mean, after what they've went through in a five in a grueling five game series against the Giants, I mean that was a hard fought series. Same with the Cardinals too. That was a that was a hard fought till the end. So I mean, you can tell they're they're tired, they're exhausted from these grueling series, but they keep battling back. Um, I think in order for the Dodgers to keep going, they have to win the next game. If they don't, it is going to be a hard-fought series to come back for, for sure. 
Um, but I mean, with with this game, it gives them the confidence needed. They're back at home for two more straight games. Um, I can, I still believe they can bring again the magic. Um, I mean, I still want to see a Red Sox Dodgers rematch of the World Series. Um, because I mean, again, dealing with the Astros and what they've what they've done to not only my team but the Yankees and whoever else they cheated. Um, I mean. Don't want to see the Astros at all going back to the World Series. I'm, sh- I'm sure you wouldn't mind having Dodgers versus Astros, though, and seeing them beat them. Right? Hey, I wouldn't mind that at all. <laughs> going back to another rematch, what a storyline that will be. Uh, the Astros and the Dodgers rematch. And so, Either way, if the Dodgers get there, it's going to be a rematch from the last couple of years. So, Yeah, for sure. And so it'll, it's, it'll just be an exciting, you know, next few weeks, next few weeks of baseball. But One now, more thing before we move on, Josh. The okay. Hauser talking about the whole check swing thing. Another reason, the thing that, going back to what I said a couple weeks ago, I don't like the way the MLB does the playoffs because that series should have been a seven-game series in the division series, like for the pennant, not the second round because of the way they do it. So I, I don't agree with the way MLB does their playoffs, but... I would have loved to see the Dodgers and Giants playing in like in a series like the Dodgers and Braves are playing right now, you know. But it's because of the way they do it in the divisions, and I don't know. I I still don't agree with that. But you would have to shorten the league then the regular season. I mean, you can't expect. Well, do it then. One hundred and sixty-two games. That's crazy. I've always thought that was crazy. Oh yeah, I mean, I understand because baseball is so like hit or miss sometimes it's it's just like basketball one player can win the game for you and baseball is the same way like one player can win it or one player can lose it so i think like you would need to shrink that and then extend the playoffs over you know two months like the nba does to be able to allow them to play yeah but it was what they did last year was exciting to see how they did it last year you know 16 i think it was 16 teams playing like I can't remember. It was more player teams than this year, and I, I thought I thought they were going to keep it. But anyways, and over, that's my I mean, that's my pet peeve with the MLB is how they do the playoffs. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, but I mean, there's there's always talks about shortening the season playoffs. I think that was just more of an experiment to kind of see what happens. But that could be a discussion for another time. Um, I mean, now let's talk about our favorite time of the year for us for us three basketball season opening opening. Nights tonight, uh, we already had the Nets and the Bucks playing. The Warriors and the Lakers are playing right now. They're back and forth um, as we speak. The Bucks beat the Nets in this in the their first game. Um, but looking ahead to the season, did you see their rings? They're pretty sweet looking. They are pretty sweet. Their their big rings is normal. I mean, yeah, it's Turn amazing. A necklace, yeah. And so, I mean, it's it's interesting to see how different each rings are year after year. And how they change. I mean, like it can be a necklace. Um, and it's it's a pretty sweet ring. And I think it was it was good to see overall. I I just looking at the Bucks ceremony. I mean, it was it was pretty cool to see um, seeing Giannis win his um, first swing, the Bucks winning their first championship in over years and years, fifty years, I think. Um, so I mean, it was pretty cool to see, and the Bucks being at home. I mean, they took care of business against the Nets without Kyrie Irving. Um, and so I think overall this, this season is just going to be interesting to watch. Um, but looking ahead with both of our teams, my Lakers and your guys' Jazz, um, 
there's there's expectations um, coming from both teams. I mean, looking at the Jazz last year, they won the West. They won the, the top seed. Uh, they brought mostly everyone back, added some new pieces. I mean, the Lakers, different story. That we just added a whole bunch of new pieces. We traded for a big piece. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But I'll, I'll let you guys talk about your Jazz first and your impressions as far as how the season will play out and how overall your your team will do. So for the Jazz, usually you come into a season most of the time and everyone's overlooking them. The media is overlooking them. You know, that's how it was all year last year. And even after the Jazz were got to the number one seed and were playing well, they everyone was just saying, oh, it was because of the injuries and all this stuff. But now you see all the experts and the, the big wigs or whatever you call them in the NBA and the analysts and everything, putting the Jazz up there in the top three. And so it's good to see, but I'm also like, we've got to, there's more expectations for the Jazz this year than normal. We've actually got a target on our back now. So the Jazz have to play really well. They can't just be, they can't just sit back and think, oh, we're going to be a top three seed, you know, and get it. They've got to actually work for it like they, they always do, um, like they did last year. But I've I've been impressed with uh, players like, uh, for example, the rookie Jared Butler. He's played really well during the preseason. I'm not sure how much playing time he'll get, but I think if he does, uh, I was reading this thing about how he looks the most NBA-ready out of any of the rookies. And some people, remind they say they remind him of the way Donovan Mitchell was when he came in play for the Jazz. So, I mean, if you have a Donovan Mitchell type player and Jared Butler, that's pretty awesome. But um, I think some of the extra people we brought in are going to really help us out. And I think Donovan's going to take it to another level this year. I think Clarkson's going to take it to another level this year. Same with Rudy. Uh, Conley's getting older, but he's, I think he's still got a lot left in the tank. I just think it's going to be a fun year. Uh, I think hopefully we don't do what we always do and play to the level of our competition. Hopefully tomorrow night against the Thunder, we come out and just whop them in the head. And Josh is going to be 12 rows from the bottom watching that game tomorrow. Happy birthday tomorrow. Uh, Thank lucky you. you. Lucky you. Lucky you. I'm going to have a good uh, seed. See me able to see the Jazz for the Jazz and how they play first game of the year. Yeah, so hopefully they come out and play well because it's the Thunder. I mean, that it's usually those kind of games that the, are trap games for the Jazz. So they've got a pretty decent schedule that they should win quite a few games right off the bat, and then it gets a little harder towards the end. So hopefully we come out and do our business at the first. and Then when we have to play the Lakers four times in the last two months, that we'll be ready for them. So uh, I'm pretty excited for what the Jazz are going to do this year. I'm, I'm hoping that we play well and continue what we did last year and then go further than we did last year. Hopefully the last two years in the playoffs are going to help us have a fire under us. And then got to watch out for Josh's Lakers because I think they're going to be pretty good. So, uh, Just to add on to it, a um, couple interesting facts. Um. Jerry Butler was the only rookie to be graded an A-plus during the preseason. Um, and then there was a quote from Jordan Clarkson saying, 
in their practices, they don't have, you know, the best refs there, like NBA grade refs, um, calling the fouls. So they were getting a little bit more rough. And then I was like, no, that sounds like a Jazz versus Laker game for the Jazz anyway, because the refs are usually on the Lakers side. So Yeah, you're always playing eight <laughs> versus five when you play the Lakers. So I think that was good practice for the Jazz against the Lakers and any good team, because usually the Jazz are playing the eight versus five, like Clint said. So Those LA I, teams, they always have the officials on their side. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. Amnesia. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, like I'll agree I'll agree with your points. I mean, Jazz definitely have higher expectations more than normal. Um, but I think I think they'll bring it this year. They're still not gonna be a joke, they're still gonna be around. I mean, adding Rudy Gay, I mean he is getting old, but Rudy Gay can give you some minutes. Um, Eric Pas- uh, Pascal, who's a good friend of Donovan Mitchell's, that chemistry is already there. He did a lot for the Warriors when um, Clay and even Steph was down for some time um, during the last few years. Um, then you have Hassan Whiteside, which that was the surprise sign to me. Um, I think he can help um, give Gobert some rest and be a defensive presence um, down low. And so, but they're looking never going to have it easy at the rim. That's for sure. <laughs> Any team see Rudy go out, and then Whiteside comes then in. Whiteside comes like, in. Ah! <laughs> so it's going to be it's going to be constant. No one's really going to get past either of those two. Um, and hey, so, hey Hauser, you What's can up? finish talking. Jo- Josh cut you off. So well, let's hear what you have. The rest of it you have to say. <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, I cut no, you off. My bad. No. no, he's fine. I mean, oh, I okay. I was just, it's interesting to think, like, the Jazz has so many good, like, moves in the offseason. It'll be interesting to see how they, you know, play out and how much, how many minutes are distributed. Because, I mean, we still have a great bench. We didn't really lose any of our bench besides Jordan Yang. And so, Which is such a big loss. Such a big loss. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, he didn't do much in the playoffs. Now he gets to go and deal with Ben Simmons. Oh gosh, good old uh, minivan. Yeah, good, good old Ben Simmons. That's a that's a story for another day. But I mean, talking a little bit about my Lakers. I mean, talk about an old and talk about a Hall. Um, basically, nine day difference with the players that they have now. Um, I mean, the biggest ones, of course, is they added they traded for Russell Westbrook. They 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 got Camel Anthony, Ariza, Bazemore, barely added Avery Bat Bradley, um, Wayne Ellington, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, brought back Rondo, and it's just like nine day difference. Um, the key thing that I'm wanting to look for with the Lakers is turnovers. Um, Westbrook is known to be a turnover machine. That's the one thing I worry about with him. But, I mean, you're going to get it from every night. I mean, he just brings that motor. Um, and I think having the balance of Davis, LeBron with Westbrook, I think can help, you know, distribute that. Um, and I think still an underrated sign for the Lakers was both Monk and Carmelo Anthony. 
Um, Malik Monk, I was kind of surprised that we got him on a on a minimum. Um, he's no scrub. He played well in Charlotte. Um, and even Carmelo, he's old, but he brought a lot of minutes to Portland. Um, and so I think overall the main thing is, of course, being healthy because um, the Lakers have a history now with Davis and LeBron being hurt, and now we have old guys. It's going to be just focusing on staying healthy. I think the important thing is no matter where they are in the seeds, whether if it's the top seed, second seed, third seed, fourth seed, the important thing is to me is just having them healthy. Once they're healthy, looking on paper, it's just hard to match up with them. Um, so, I mean, no matter what happens, I mean, if they t- if they get the one seed, great. But if they're not healthy, then I, I worry. The main yeah, thing is just, I mean, it's just getting they, healthy. They could have the one seed and have a whole bunch of injuries, and then, the, then they're worthless at the playoffs, you know, even if they win the first round. But what but is well, what I think <laughs> if the if the Lakers, I agree with what Hauser said. I don't know if it was on the podcast or if we were just talking about it. About they need to rest LeBron, rest these older players once in a while, even if it means a loss and a two or three, four seed at the end. Because if they're healthy come playoff time, no matter who they're playing, it's a good chance they're going to beat them. Yeah, I mean, and I'm perfectly fine with load managing. I mean, whether if it's with LeBron, AD, Westbrook, um, I mean, just rest them as much as you can. I mean, <laughs> uh, a big important thing to the West, um, I mean, this happens still with the other team in LA, the Clippers. They're looking at Kawhi being back by the playoffs. Heaven forbid any team who goes against them when Kawhi's back. Because that's going to be... <laughs> I mean, they have Kawhi and Paul George, but I mean, like the your your team gave the Clippers a run for their money, but I mean, it just it just took you guys laying an egg against the Clippers, and you let a, a no name guy who's now a household name with the Clippers, um, just basically score thirty four points against you guys. And Let's talk about that. We don't talk about that. I just I don't see the Clippers with without Kawhi. I don't see them being anywhere to higher than a six seed. Honestly, I mean Paul George. If Paul George shows up, maybe you know. But if they even if they drop down to the ten seed or whatever, if Kawhi comes back, you know, there's the play in. There's everything. They could be dangerous once Kawhi's back. But I, I think I don't, I'll just... I don't see them. I don't see them being a threat. But I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean. We still, for us, we just have to watch out for the Warriors because it's just like now they have Clay back, now they have Steph. They basically have most of their original core with Draymond, Clay, and Steph. Um, I mean, Wiseman's hurt. They have Wiggins, um, which he's shown some flash back to his Kansas days. Um, but I think, I think in the end, I think I could see them eventually trading Wiggins, but. Um, I mean, that's a discussion for another time, but there's just a lot of expectations there with both of our teams. And I think overall, it's just going to be an exciting season to watch. And I mean, I'm looking forward to going to the jazz game tomorrow. Shout out to my in-laws, Alyssa and Brian for hooking me up with tickets. Lucky man. You're a lucky man. (laughs) But Hey, I'm just looking forward to uh, a jazz Lakers conference finals. I think that'll be fun. 
Oh, that, that, would make, that would make the episodes of this podcast fun too. Yeah, going back to the 90s with the Lakers and Jazz meeting up with Malone and Stockton back in the day. That'll, that'll be a fun, that'll be a fun, that'll be, in, that'll be a fun playoff matchup, but. Um, the Jazz would have to win uh, if they do play against each other at conference because they couldn't handle a Josh and the Lakers winning. I just can't. Oh, My mentality gosh. couldn't handle it. I couldn't even imagine. I would just be, I would just be up here celebrating, dancing like crazy. What would you do if the Jazz beat him? I just suck it up. I'm not like a typical Lakers fans and just kind of whining. I'll give credit where credit is due. I guarantee that's what he would say. I'll give credit where credit is due. I'm not a typical LA fan base where they're just going to whine and pout about it. Um, I'm I'm one of I'm one of the good uh, LA fan base where. I give credit where credit is due. One of my favorite sayings, but um, but now let's transition to um, our pickums. Uh, this time we're going to do a little bit different. Um, if, for those of you who are new listening, we basically um, take different games from uh, from this for this week weekend up until Sunday uh, matchups that we want to see and who we pick. Uh, today is going to be different because now we're adding the NBA now that they're in. Um, to play now, and so we, I'm going to first talk about our NBA pickums. And so, uh, what we have today is we'll just go down the list of games, and we're just going to give who we think will win, and then we'll just move on. Um, so, for the first game, we have, of course, we have your guys's home team. We have the Thunder versus the Jazz. The Thunder at are at Utah uh, tomorrow. Uh, I mean, looking at this matchup, I think it's going to be an easy win for them. Um, yeah, the Thunder have Alec, uh, Shea Gilchrist Alexander. Um, but I mean, who else do they really have? Um, and they're at Utah. And so I just think Utah is going to be too much for them. I think the Jazz will win this one easily. Yeah, I agree. Jazz are going to win. I mean, the only reason they would lose is because Josh is there. So, but yeah, Jazz are going to win. Uh, um, yeah, Jazz are going to win. I mean, hopefully the fans give Derek Favors a good welcome back home and then then blow him out of the water. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. I think Jazz will win this one pretty easily. All right, we got a sweep there. Uh, next game we have is we actually have going on right now, um, but we already made our picks previously uh, to the game starting. Um, we have my Lakers. Um, we have the Warriors at LA tonight. They're I thought currently... we were doing the Lakers and the Suns later oh. this week. We can do that too. Let's just thought... do that one. Okay, let's, let's just, just do, do let's just do the Lakers and Suns since we're already yeah. playing. I thought so, that's what we were doing. Sorry, my bad. That's what I that's what I have written down. My bad. So we have the we have the Suns at the Lakers, a matchup in the in the playoffs. Um, Suns basically brought everyone back. Um, Lakers have new faces. Um, I think the Lakers will have a chip on their shoulder um, this game after what happened in the playoffs. Um, I mean, the Suns are going to be no joke. They're going to be back in the playoffs. But I think for this game with this with the Suns and Lakers, I think the Lakers will win this one. I have the Suns winning. I think the Suns will show us why they're a good team and show us, like, beating the Lakers in the playoffs last year wasn't a joke. And they're a threat to be reckoned with for the number one seed in the West and going back to the NFL or NFL NBA finals. 
Hauser's got his mind on the NFL since we haven't talked about that today. Uh, I still think, I think one, two, and three are going to be Jazz, Suns, Lakers. I don't know what order. Uh, I could see, this one is in LA, so it's going to be a tough game for the Suns, but I agree with Hauser. I think they're going to go in there and beat them. Um, I mean, it's all, it's never bad. Like, it's never, like, to pick against the Lakers is usually a bad bet, but I don't like the Lakers. So, yeah, Suns are going to beat them. Okay, we got our first 2v1. Um, next is next game we got is the Celtics at the Knicks. Um, how's it also have you start with this? Out of the Celtics versus Knicks, who do you got on this one? Um, you know, actually, I wanna, I'm going for the upset again. I think the Knicks will somehow come out and show us that them making the playoffs wasn't a fluke. And with the rookie, the rookies they have, I think they're. I think they'll come out and win. So I have the next winning this one. Yeah, I agree. It's it's in Madison Square Garden. The Celtics. We don't know what the Celtics are going to be. They've they've kind of just they don't know what their identity is right now. They thought they were going to be good with Kemba Walker, and now Kemba Walker is playing for the Knicks. Jason Tatum's awesome, but. He's probably going to go off for like 50 in this game, most likely, but I, st- I think the Knicks are going to win. Yeah, I actually agree with both of you. I think with the Knicks at home and the way they played last year, um, I think they have a lot of momentum. Uh, Tom Thibodeau definitely brings a different mentality for them defensively. Um, he's always been known for a defensive-minded coach. Um, he brings that mentality. And um, with the Celtics, I mean, they have Jalen Brown. They have Jason Tatum specifically. Um People can make an argument that Jason Tan could be one of the players as an early prediction for being MVP um, just because he is kind of by himself with Jalen Brown. Um, and so, but I think the Knicks are just going to be too much defensively for them. So I got the Knicks winning in this one. Um, next one we have is the Mavericks versus the Hawks. I think this is an exciting game to watch. Um, young talent being showcased here in this game with Luca and for the Mavericks and Trey Young for the for the Hawks. Um, I mean, Luca is playing ball like I've never seen before. I mean, he's also in the conversation for being an early MVP candidate. Um, and with Jason Kidd at the helm, um, I mean, it's a toss-up to me. But if I had to pick one looking at it, um, I just think – I think the Mavs can pull off this one. Jason Kidd being the head coach, I think he brings a di- different mentality – him. He knows how to coach Luca, um, and I think uh, Porzingis can also. He has another opportunity to make a name for himself. Um, so I got the Mavs winning this one against the Hawks. Yeah, I agree. I've got the Mavs winning too, even though it's in Atlanta. Trey Young's probably going to, you know, be Ice Trey again and all that stuff. But Luca, Luca's going to have an MVP year. I don't know if he'll win it, but it's going to be. He's going to be in the race for it. And he's also on my fantasy team. So, you know, go Luca. Uh, but yeah, I have the Mavs winning this one on the road. I think um, the playoff run last year from the Hawks was kind of a fluke. Just kind of like how Miami beats playoff run in the bubble is kind of a fluke. And so I think the Mavs are going to win this one. All right, we got another 2v1 there. Um, and then last game, last game we have is a sweep, but you know, (laughs) 
Oh, my bad. <laughs> um, and so next, last game we have to talk about is the Nets from the NBA. It's the Nets versus the 76ers. Um, I mean, there's a lot of storyline with 76ers, um, especially with and the Nets. And the Nets There's as well. There's a lot of storyline with both those teams. So, a lot of storylines with both teams. Um, with Kyrie um, and with Ben Simmons, those situations kind of a sticky situation. But just all trade of, them for each other. Just that would solve all the problems, <laughs> right? But it'll be interesting. But other than that aside, I mean, take away Kyrie, take away Ben Simmons. Um, I just don't see the Seventy Sixers winning. I mean, yeah, they have Joel Embiid. Um, but I just think the Nets have too much firepower, even with Harden and Kevin Durant. Um, I mean, I know it's in Philadelphia, but I just think this net, I think the Nets can beat the 76ers in this game. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, the Nets just had a, a, a loss to the Bucks, uh to start the season. And I think they're going to come out with a little more fire in this game. Uh, now that the season started, they'll have the rust off. And the Bucks had a lot of high emotions. They're playing good right now. They've just come off championship. Uh, 76ers have, I mean, the Nets have a lot of drama, but I feel like the 76ers have more drama because, you know, Ben Simmons came back and then they got thrown out of practice today and all that stuff and suspended for the first game. So I don't know. I don't know if this is their first game. Is this their first game? Anyways, I don't know if it's their first game or not, but even if this isn't their first game, I don't. The chances of Ben Simmons playing in this game is probably not that much, that good. And even if he did, I don't see. I just see the Nets winning this game. Yeah, I agree. I think the Nets are just a better team overall, no matter if they had both their players or not. Nets have the win here. Yeah, we got a sweep this time. Sweep, set of red this time. Um,. So overall, it's just going to be an exciting season for the NBA. Um, now let's transition to our KSL Pick'em. Uh, again, for those who, of you who are new to listening to our podcast, um, we are doing the KSL Pick'em, which basically takes five games every week. And uh, we pick who we think is going to be the winners of that game. And then based on the scores and how close they are and who wins, we get points. Um, so for leaderboards right now uh, for the KSL Pick'em, um, we have Clint, who is actually um, tied with Hauser for record, but is leading with points. So Clint's leading. Woo, tw- woo, I caught up. <laughs> you caught because up. Because of Hauser's mistake. <laughs> Clint is 22 and 13 with almost 900 points. Um, Hauser is same record, 22 and 13 with um, 759. Um, I'm right behind with points. And a few games behind, I'm 19 and 16. Um, and so, I mean, looking at last week, um, we won't really talk much about that. Um, but we'll talk about, you know, this upcoming, uh, five games that we have. Um, first game we have is Utah state, uh, playing Colorado. Uh, this game is at Utah state. Um, I think overall, I mean, Colorado has made some effort into, you know, getting to where they are, but I mean, I just think, Offensively, I think Utah State will be um, too much for Colorado. I have Utah State winning twenty-four to ten. Yeah, I think Utah State will be too much for Colorado State too. Utah State barely won against UNLV, and I think they're going to like be like, "Oh, we can't overlook any teams," and they're going to come win this game. I couldn't decide on a score, so I did, you know, what 
from last week, I went with the score 26-17. For Utah State. 26-17. There it is. I uh, Utah State winning this one. Colorado State, I mean, yeah, they're 3-3. Three and three, But early and against crappy teams. So I have Utah State winning this one. Uh, 34-28. Okay, both... Both fairly close. Uh, we got a sweep here. Um, next game we got uh, we got we got a good matchup in the Pac-12. Um, we got Oregon playing at UCLA at the Rose Bowl. Um, honestly, went back and forth. I mean, I could see Oregon losing this game just because UCLA is no joke. You can't overlook them. Um, but I just think Oregon defensively. I think they can pull out this win. Um, I think it'll be back and forth, Benny, and I think Oregon will win this one in Pasadena. I had them winning 35-21. to 21. I um, disagree with you. I think the Pac-12 chance of ever making the playoffs is over after this week because UCLA is going to beat Oregon. Oregon's barely beating teams. I mean, barely. They barely um, beat Colorado last week. So, like, I just don't see them pulling a barely win here versus UCLA. So, I have UCLA winning barely 31-27. Yeah, I kind of went back and forth on this one because of what Hauser's saying that, you know, Pac-12 always beats up on each other and all that stuff. But I think Oregon, Oregon's going to – I think they have another loss on their schedule, and I think it's going to be to Utah. But – I don't see them losing yet. I have them winning this game 28-21. All right, there we go. Um, next, of course, has to deal with your guys' team, uh, both Cougars in this case. We got BYU Cougars and we got Washington State Cougars. Um, I think BYU can bounce back at this game. I think Sataki will, um, will kind of have that mindset of bouncing back, and I think the players will too. Um I still see this as a close game just because defensively they they're just not there for since the first few games happened and now defensively even with Peely gone defensively they're just not there so I think overall it's just going to be a close game but I have BYU winning 27 to 20. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a close game, but I think BYU is going to Pull out the win, uh, 28-24. You better not let me down again. Uh, I think BYU wins. Washington State has lost their head coach, like mentioned before, and I think BYU wins this, uh, 27-21. All right, there we go. We, You guys hope that the Cougars won't let you down, BYU Cougars, I should say. Um, next game is also a good matchup in the Mountain West. We have San Diego State, the number 22 team in the nation, facing off at Air Force. Um, I actually have an upset on this one. I think Air Force can can beat San Diego State. They're at home. Um, I mean, they're they're firing on all cylinders. They've only lost one game, same with San Diego State. But I think Air Force can pull out this one. I have them winning in a close one, 21-17. Yeah, I disagree. Uh, San Diego State actually has not lost a game. 
but uh, that's why I think they're going to win this game. I think they're going to continue. They're going to win the the Mountain West, in my opinion. Uh, the Aztecs are. Uh, they beat Utah, you know, a good Utah team. Uh, they're just on a roll. So I have them winning this game, and I can't decide on a score. So I once again went with 26-17 just for the heck of it. And just so for you guys' information, there was two scores that went 26-17 this last week. One in the FBS and one in the FCS. So, you know, it happened. 26-17. There's going to be one every week. Every <laughs> week. And somewhere in football. Even if it's not in ones that we know. Yeah, probably. Um, I disagree with Josh, too. Yeah, I mean, he's probably still bitter that San Diego State beat his Utes, which is kind of embarrassing, but we won't talk about that. We'll talk about it another time. Um, but I think San Diego State just is a great team. They showed it before, and I think they'll continue to show it. And this time, I have them winning 31-24. All right, we got another two v one there, and my my bad, I misread the the record there for San Diego State. We'll have this debate for another time. But if Rising were to stay quarterback, I believe they would have been undefeated by now. We'll have that debate for another time. But next game is uh, can you continue? We talked about my Utes. Um, Utah is playing at Oregon State. Um, again, another team that I mean, Oregon State shouldn't be overlooked. I mean, Utah shouldn't really overlook any teams. Um, because Oregon State has won, you know, most of the games four and two. I mean, Utah's won four and two, but I think again with the momentum that Utah has, um, I mean, offensively, they're hard to stop right now with Rising at the helm. And so I have Utah winning this one, thirty-five to seventeen. Yeah, I agree. You can't look Oregon State over. You can't uh, just sleep on them. But uh, I do believe. They're going to win this game, and I think they're going to win it quite handily. Uh, I think they're going to go in there not overlooking them and playing really well, and they're going to win 41-28. They went against Utah once last week. I accidentally went against Utah the week prior. Uh, I'm not going to go against Utah this time. That was your mistake. That was your mistake. (laughs) Yeah. One mistake. That was that was the week prior, two weeks ago, was not on purpose. Uh, I think Utah has good momentum, and I think they'll beat Oregon State 28-24. All right, close one there. Um, all right, that's our that's our case of Pick'em. Uh, the last thing we'll talk about is the NFL Pick'em. We'll go through these fairly quickly. I'll just run by the records real quick overall. Um, Clint is uh, record is 17-13. I'm at the top. Uh, 20 and 10 and then Hauser um, is in last 16 and 14 overall with his NFL pick So first game we'll talk about Thursday night football is the Broncos at the Browns. Um, I mean, a little disappointed. I thought the Browns can pull this off um, last week, but I mean, I have the Browns winning in this one. I think Broncos are just losing momentum. Um, I got the Browns winning in this one. I agree. Browns are going to win. And now I just need to hear, it from, you know, the guy that's actually out there, you know, and how they say it. The Browns. The Browns. <laughs> I think the Browns will win. I mean, hopefully Baker figures something out, and they don't have a running back. So, 
Who knows? But I think their defense won't struggle too hard against Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos. So, yeah, the Broncos. The Broncos suck. They went three and zero versus really bad teams, and now when they're actually playing teams that are good, they they lose. So yeah, sad, sad Broncos. Um, Next game we got is the Jets at New England. Um, Clint, this is your this is your team with Zach Wilson. I'll let you take this one first. Hashtag save Zach. Save Zach. Um, I can't pick him this week. The they're not good enough to beat the Pats. We've seen it once already this year. Zach Wilson is starting to play better. They're they're starting to protect him a little better, but Pats are too good. I mean, Pats aren't great, but they're you know the Cowboys came back and got that amazing win the other night. But I still see Pats winning this game, especially since it's up in New England. Even though I don't like the Patriots, I, I, yeah, Pats are going to win this game. Pretty straightforward. Pats will win this game. They have a too good of a defense. And the Jets have no offensive line. So the Patriots are going to win this one. Hashtag save Zach. That's all I'll say. Jets, I just don't see him winning. I have the Patriots winning in this one. Um, I hope they prove us wrong, and I'll be okay with taking that L if they do. We all hope. Um, next is we have the Eagles at the Raiders. Raiders had some, had a storyline, quite a bit, quite a storyline, but, um, we won't talk about that. Um, but looking at, you know, hindsight, this could be a toss up. I mean, Raiders eventually got the win last week. Um, Eagles, um, it's sort of a hit and miss, but if I had to pick one, um, I, I actually see the Eagles winning this one. Um, I think Jalen Hurts um, can have a game. Um, I mean, same with their receiving core. Um, I have the Eagles winning this one at, at Vegas. I, um, I've been thinking about this one. Yeah, Raiders uh, are going through some internal problems, but I, I think the Raiders' defense is getting better. And I think the Raiders' defense will prove to be a problem for a young Jalen Hurts. And I think they can pull it off. They can pull off the win. So I have the Raiders winning in Vegas. Yeah, I agree, Hauser. They've had a lot of turmoil going on, you know, with other things, with their coach getting fired and all that stuff. So, But they came out and got a good win last week, and I think I think they're going to continue that at home in Vegas. Eagles have, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts, which is good, but they just got rid of their one of their good players in Hurts. So I think, I mean, they kept it kind of close last week, but I still see the Raiders winning this one. All right, we'll see. Um, next we have my team. We have the Colts at San Francisco. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see who they'll have um, starting. Um, I haven't really looked much into it as far as the injury report with both Garoppolo and Lance Hurt. Um, but hopefully one of them uh, will play. And if so, I mean, I still think um, the 49ers can still win this game. I mean, it's Indianapolis. I mean, with Carson Wentz there, I mean, he just hasn't been the same. Um, and so I think overall, I think the 49ers can bounce back with their recent loss. Um 
So I got the 49ers winning this one. I mean, don't count out Carson Wentz. He was balling last week, and he looked decent, you know. I don't think the 49ers can pull this one off. I just don't see um, them being healthy long enough. And I think Indianapolis Colts has too good of a defense. Um, they'll put a hassle, especially if Trey Lance starts. I think Trey Lance will struggle against a good defense. So I have the Colts winning this one. Um, yeah, I can't. I told Josh one time I was going to. I went for his 49ers against your Seahawks, and then your Seahawks won. So, yeah, it's a toss-up, especially if, since I have something that's going on in the next pick, but I got big goals in this one. All right. And then lastly, we have the Monday Night Football game. We have the Saints at Seahawks. Um, I mean, stories out that Russell Wilson will be back until at least week 10. Um, I mean, they fought, they, they fought a good battle with the Steelers. Um but I actually have the Saints winning in this one. Um, I think um, James Winston can have himself a game, especially with the cornerback issues with Seattle. Um, I mean, it can go back and forth, but I think in the end, I think the Saints can pull it off. I really, you know, I don't think this is the year the Seahawks are going to win with everything going on. Russell Wilson out. Um, things are just not clicking like it needs to in the NFL. Um, but I do like the promise that they have, especially the rookie um, Brown on the cornerbacks. He played pretty darn good. And he had an awesome, awesome stop against the Steelers. I just, you know, I love my Seahawks. They're my favorite team. I just will not go against them. I have the Seahawks. They're at home. Geno Smith will feed off the energy. I don't think Winston's going to actually do that great. I'm hoping for, you know, Tampa Bay with uh, Winston and he's choking and throwing five interceptions. So go Seahawks. Dang, I thought Hauser was going to go against the Seahawks for a second. Um I know, Hauser, I told you I wasn't going to go against your Seahawks again, and since then they've lost both games that I've picked. So just for the the sake that you might get a win with your Seahawks, I'm going to choose the Saints. I think the Saints are going to win this game. It's all your fault. They're I know, that's, what, that's why I'm choosing the Saints. Um, Josh's 49ers are probably going to win too because I chose against them. I don't know. Uh, well, no, that's – yeah, yeah. I was about to say that only happens if I choose them, but no, they lost when I chose them. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think the Saints are going to win this game. Saints are on a good roll. Winston's looking good again. Hopefully Hill's back after his concussion and all that fun stuff. So yeah, I had Saints winning. All right. That concludes our podcast for this evening. Uh, we hope you enjoy your listening. And for those of you that are new, welcome. And we hope that you continue to enjoy our podcast. Um, guys, we all got great points to bring up. Um, we're excited to see how this weekend weekend plays out with uh, games. I'm excited to see it. Um, and so, hats off to you, to you guys, and 
uh, for those listening, we hope you enjoy the rest of your week and weekend ahead. Um, and then all I have to say is go Dodgers, Utes, 49ers, Lakers, all that, all that. <laughs> go Jazz. Go Jazz. Go Jazz. Shut up. Or not shut up. <laughs> shut up, Josh. <laughs> oh, apparently not go jazz oh gosh <laughs> tell me to shut up all right all right all right <laughs>